is Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast where we talk about each individual monster in the fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual, going entry by entry, and we talk about what the monsters are doing. What are they up to? Uh, what the makers of the game made them to do for you? How you can use them in a game as presented in the book. We kind of pick apart the language and the presentation of each monster. And then we go into possibilities for you to use them and the variety of ways you can change things to kind of play with the idea. And we look at the folklore. We use armchair psychology. We make a lot of crap up, uh, do a lot of surface research. But when you put it all together, it uh, makes for an entire podcast. So that's what you're getting. And uh, my name is Chris. And my name is Wes. And then we begin the podcast with Edercap. Yeah, Edercaps. Edercaps. A, what does he look like? Um, that's a good got? one. Yeah. So, I mean, like, as in the, the depictions have been, like, fairly consistent of Edercaps throughout things. Um, but it's, like, sort of a weird, lumpy dude with with thin clawed arms and legs and a spider head um and yeah mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. pretty much it big lumpy he's got a big dad bod he's purple yeah looks yeah. like semi kind of harmless maybe but definite spider head and uh i actually think that the 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 iterations have changed um quite a bit from the original oh, yeah okay yeah we'll get into that uh when we get into the kind of like addition changes because there's there's a lot of them but the we start with the pros this is a one-page entry there's not a lot written about them but we begin with the humanoid spiders that watch over spiders as a shepherd tends their flock and they layer in deep forests um pretty easy to understand that uh they have fine silk streams sorry fine silk streams from glands in their abdomen that they can shoot or use to fashion traps so we have some Spider-Man mechanisms here. Uh, we also, the abdomen part and the lack of an obvious um, indication on the illustration lets you use your imagination where the actual silk streams come from. Um, does it come from a special thing in their abdomen or does it shoot out of their butt? That is a question <laughs> that has plagued comic book fans and fans of the editor cap alike. Yeah. Um, that's up to you. We get to the first paragraph heading Quiet Killers. They stalk trespassers or prey in their territory. So, right there, right away, you have the, the conditions of the encounter you're likely to have with them. They force people to take certain trapped routes by blocking others with their. Um, their webbing or by, I guess, you know, you could like cut down trees or otherwise build um, blockades. And they will sometimes ambush with web garrots or garrots. Never really said that word aloud, but uh, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't come up often. Doesn't come up often. My day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm privileged like that. But uh... in British English, this is normally said as garrot. You do want to stress on the second syllable, garot. In American English, it is usually pronounced as garot. Garot in American English versus garot in British English. Did you get it? 
Did you hear the difference? Was this any useful? Um, so that the the web uh, garrote is a leftover from the original um, appearance of them in the fiend folio from AD and D. So, and this is an optional kind of weapon they can have. They don't they don't all have it, but there's a little kind of sticky note at the top that says that this is an option. Uh, I kind of like that because although they are, we're, you got to walk a fine line here because what's what's like the difference between a spider person and just a big old spider, you know? Yeah. So like, why, why have a difference? But the visual of like, you know, spiders crawl around on webs and they shoot webs at you and then they like grab you with their legs and try to bite you. But then we've got this guy who doesn't even have, I think he's only got four limbs. Yeah, he's just got two right? legs yeah. and two arms. Yeah. So he's if he's gonna like do it, he's he's just gotta like strangle you like a moth. He's <laughs> he's like in the Sopranos or something. He's like this big, huge, uh heavy. Yeah. Who's gonna like collect his like spider money from you? So I like the gross because it kind of it makes it important that they're they only have like two limbs, two usable like arm limbs like we do. They are sylvan despoilers. Though they live in the wild, they have no desire to live in harmony with nature. An Edercap forest is overtaken by webs and large insectoid predators choking the growth. Um, doesn't say why, which is kind of a big deal, which uh, previous iterations of the Edercap kind of deal with, as well as their origins in literature. But there's no indication here within the text of the the primary source. Yeah, so you're kind of left is more just like this is just the way it is, the way it's always been. There's lumpy spider guys, and they don't get along with fairies, and uh, it's 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 bad for the forest if you got too many of these. Yeah, so at yeah. least it does give you um, it doesn't give you a motivation or a reason, but it does give you like a visual and a setting. So the Edercap Forest is definitely like an antagonistic place, spooky yeah, like place. Something has gone like very wrong in the forest if it's turned into like an Edercap forest. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says they are enemies of the Fae. So kind of related to the Sylvan despoilers. Edercap's disdain for nature extends to the Fae who they love to trap and eat. Fae will sometimes entreat outsiders to help clear Edercap Forest. So there you have um, a hook implied right in the text of the monster. Um, and and like a whole scene even, uh, which is good. I think a lot of monster entries could benefit from that kind of thing, even though it's a uh, it could feel uh, railroady in that yeah. you're given a monster and given like one condition under which they can be used. But I yeah. you, you know if you use your use your brain a little bit, you can come up with all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, it's good uh, then, start. Yeah, as soon as like I read the um like that they're antagonistic towards fairies, like that whole. That whole concept. It reminds me a lot of the very beginning of uh, Ocarina of Time, the Legend of Zelda game. Because uh, yeah, yeah, the whole call to adventure involves fairies. Like it's a very fairy. You're 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 one of like the forest people. It's been a long time since I played that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the boss, like the first boss you fight, is like a big. I think it's a what do they call them? Uh, Skulltula, the the tarantula skull guys. Right. And then, yes. So it's it's all spider themed dungeon inside of the big inside of the tree, the Deco tree, right? The Great Deco tree. Yeah. And like your 
a friend of the the fairies like you're sort of a fae person yourself and being one of the forest dwellers kind of link is i guess i don't know i guess he's hylian this isn't a zelda podcast but it's that whole setup of like fairies versus spiders uh it it's it's uh, no good uh, great call yeah. great call i didn't uh remember that but that's totally true there seems to be a um a sort of like an easy to digest rivalry between like nice fairy folk and then evil spiders because they occupy the same places in the wild in nature but whereas one we think of as being like bright and fun and the others as being murderous trap setting uh monsters yeah yeah and a lot of like level a lot of like first level um bosses tend to be just large versions of animals that human beings sometimes run up against you yeah. know like you, we got your dire rats and your like wolves sometimes just big yeah. wolves and then big spiders are like a classic boss yeah and like a really yeah absolutely yeah i mean that's that's right at the beginning of skyrim that's a classic rpg thing is like a big spider like that's a but a, what i love about Ettercaps is like who's bringing all these giant spiders over here you know like what's uh are do they just like show up here by themselves so i love the whole they're the shit they're the spiders have shepherds you know that, yeah like they're they're bred and they're like brought in maybe they could have like a whole like we have um not you and i but people have like breeding programs for their, like whatever livestock or they have like catalogs where you can get bull semen from different studs yeah from, like a catalog <laughs> Get some mail order spider eggs. We got to get these. You got to get the good ones. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know a Russian website. <laughs> <laughs> can buy some with some Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And There's also an, yeah, like the whole, yeah. uh, the pastoral elements of like implied by there being a spider shepherd is you could have like the same edder cap, like nomadic group of a couple of edder caps maybe and like their whole their their multiple flocks of spiders kind of going from forest to forest and dungeon to dungeon and like instead of just like oh they got they're gonna eat all the grass and stuff and then we got to move on to greener pastures it's their mm-hmm. version of like we got to go to a place that is dark enough that we can trap things and just trap and eat and suck the juice out of all the little critters moving around all the fairies and humans and then move on to another place so this could be like this traveling sort of threat zone that kind of shows up yeah because they place. they don't just like move along and leave things to like regrow or something they totally destroy the nate the the environment that they come into contact with yeah so and like, they seem to do it like uh it's like malicious they like destroying the territory that they occupy yeah like it's not it's not mere survival this is like it's there's 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 something more going on something uh something yeah sinister about it yeah like we uh right right now um wizards of the coast they're trying to like rewrite i think they're revising some of the books to have fewer uh completely evil races yeah like inherently evil inherently yeah 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 and I know Edercaps was looking around there are a lot of uh resources and and house rules especially in like previous editions, a lot of rules, a lot of material to help you be an Edercap character. So for some reason, there's like a lot of interest in people wanting to be like a Spider-Man. I mean, <laughs> saying that out loud, I know totally understand why. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, he's not like a journalist. But I mean, an Edercap's more like a man spider. Exactly. Yeah. 
He's more, he's more like Man Spider. Spider Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but also, like, I have also seen some some like fan art. I guess I don't even know if it's fan art. It's just just art people have made themselves of like cute edder caps, you know, that are just mm-hmm. like, oh, they got their little spider friends, and they just got a little spider face, and you know how jumping spiders are kind of cute. You know, they just you you could make it. You can make it like this 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 friendly looking spider creature and like so you could just go a little bit off of like what the what it says um in the monster manual and be like okay well no like maybe there are places with like serious giant grasshopper problems and so it's good that the 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 roving ettercap uh spider shepherds come in and kind of help deal with it. it could just be part of a whole thing and they're gross and creepy but you get to know them it's like oh no they're actually fine <laughs> yeah like that's you could do it Totally. You could do a bunch of different things with this. You could um, just take the the forest hatred as like what people know in general about them or like the rumors about them. And then you go and you see that they are destroying a forest. But then if you investigate further, you'll see that like there's a reason behind it. If you want to go down that road. Yeah. Some kind of like spider eating things based control burn type of situation. Yeah, like, like how some forests worst have thing to, happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm, have yeah. have to burn down before they can regenerate, or like some the cones of some trees can only actually sprout once um they've been in a fire. Yeah. You know? So maybe like something has to happen in this forest that has to get totally choked by spiders once every like five hundred years or something. <laughs> And then it moves on. And then if you interfere with this, then you cause an even greater. Like, yeah, you could. It's a total eco uh, drama. Yeah. If you want, and the antagonism between Ettercaps and and fairies could be some, some like long standing absolute nonsense that some great fairy had started thousands of years ago. And this is all just this is this is all just some Feywild. Yeah, like an Ettercap weirdness like, f- yeah. farted at one of the fairy king's parties or something like five hundred years ago, and now it's like it's just reached this racial yeah. hatred pitch. Forgot to like leave the pen there after signing a guest book at like a like a like a wedding in the autumn court, and you took something from the Feywild and you didn't bring it back. So like you are and your descendants are cursed forever. Like some classic fairy overreaction <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. Like it, it could be it could be really like uh the antagonism with the Feywild couldn't be like oh it doesn't have to be these are evil things and that goes against the sort of chaotic goodness of like the 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 fey folk. Um, it could just be like, no, fairies operate in their own blue and orange morality, and like they are that it's 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 kind of on them that this whole feud is happening. Yeah, and then the players have to decide how much they want to care, or if they just want their whatever they were promised by their original patron. And you could even um, even forgetting the fae for a second, if you you can make it like a tragedy of the commons thing, where like the the editor caps aren't all like one nation operating united they could be like individual households who are just trying to like make a make a space for themselves and their their livestock but they're just like taking over everything they're uh, uh sympathetic you know yeah. you go there like you you murder an editor cap and you go home and he's got like a wife and like 40 kids <laughs> you know like <laughs> Just trying to like survive the winter, live off the spider uh, 
it droppings and it's it's un- it's unclear <laughs> what the editor cap get out of shepherding spiders yeah that's true because it's i the one of the thoughts i had when i was when i was thinking about this and reading this was do you remember the 1998 lost in space movie every day yeah yeah <laughs> and so at the end um uh the dr smith um, when they go in through the time portal into the future, uh, Dr. Smith, who was bitten by a space spider, turns into like a space spider chimera person. And he has this plot where he's going to, to take the space spiders back to Earth so that they can they can eat everything on Earth. Right. And mm-hmm. so you've got this spider guy who's just like he's gone spider crazy because he got bit by spiders. And now he's a sort of <laughs> spider person. And uh, it's just like it's 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 just like really lovely ham-fisted like villainy for the sake of villainy like that only Gary Oldman could could pull off sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He was like spiders. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn the world into spiders. Yeah. <laughs> and it was my first thought was like maybe like if we're if we're going by the like oh no these are just these are these are just rude dudes these these editor caps they're just all about using spiders to mess things up maybe they don't gain maybe they just like if if we're going with them being evil like uh they 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 just want spiders to eat things and that is a goal in and of itself but Mm -hmm. um they could also like you know like a shepherd with sheep is getting like wool and and like uh sheep milk and cheese stuff like you get you there's 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 stuff that a shepherd is taking the sheep around to pasture for or whatever animal you're a shepherd of mm-hmm. so what are what are like what what yeah what are the other caps kept what are they getting out of it because they can make their own silk and they yeah. do all the spider stuff like they 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 they're yeah. just but i mean we human yeah. beings can make their own milk as well <laughs> absolutely we can right uh <laughs> so and, maybe uh, they they farm um, high volume silk producing spiders. Yeah, yeah, and the and that the, they they need hmm. or like spider meat. Maybe they shave some hairy spiders to make like nice hats and gloves. Maybe they and also in the most well, in at least the recent depictions of Ettercaps, they're they're like they look sort of fleshy, but spiders have an exoskeleton. They're they're mm-hmm. so like maybe the the chitin of spider shells like from their late limbs and stuff maybe that's really good for building certain oh, yeah. kind of tools out of um and that's that's a really cool way of uh changing different editor caps to be different opponents if that's what you want or even just different looking characters or they're they're using a kind of like exoskeleton in different ways so you could have like a more powerful fighting editor cap yeah be in like a aliens um loading droid thing yeah like sigourney is or like (laughs) and then you can do different like variations like one has like a bigger head with giant mandibles or something and another one has like 12 limbs or something and is super fast or whatever yeah and if you really want to if you really want to do an editor cap player character make them an artificer who just builds mechanisms out of spider parts to accomplish all the spell effects that could be so strange. Yeah, it sounds like a like a Spider-Man villain. It's like, it's like it some does, Doc Ock yeah. stuff, right? Which is great. <laughs> yeah, like you can yeah. you can take this a different whole bunch of different ways. Um, and if they hate forests, if you want to really run with like the evil forest destroying thing, um, they could be as a culture. If they're just like people doing this, like Manifest Destiny 
is an idea of just like they're they're actually aiming to turn the whole world into a giant connected wasteland yeah yeah like that's that's the goal that's what like is good to them like that's 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 their vision of like how it ought to be right mm-hmm. so just like for for it's just like this purely cultural things like well i mean when we live in a place that like looks like this and so uh, we were uh, c- clearly created by the spider god to be perfect and if a space that we're occupying ends up looking like this when we hang out here for too long that's probably that's got to be an improvement right so let's make yeah. everything look like this and there's even precedent for that in in human culture um i was trying i was looking this up because i remembered a piece of this but in the epic of gilgamesh uh he and his buddy and kidu they they totally destroy a cedar forest to spite uh, that forest's God. And then they, de- they decapitate him. And there's like, there's records of bronze and iron age rulers commissioning people to cut down uh, whole swaths of cedar forest, which were like one of the most highly valued pieces of land in uh, Mesopotamia. You use them to build like ships and they're like more important um, buildings and they just like wiped them out but it was like like the kings demanded it it was like you weren't a real deal unless you had a ton of cedar lumber and so cedar forest had to be destroyed and like tamed and that was like gilgamesh and kidu trying to destroy it and like killing the forest god and getting away with it but the whole epic of gilgamesh is also sort of about gilgamesh um like coming to terms with not being a straight up god so there's a bit of like tragedy in that where he's yeah. like, he's done this and he's got that, all that cedar, but he's still like falling short. Yeah. Well, he's the strongest boy, but he still gets his ass kicked every now and then. And that's yeah. his life. So like, maybe that's like what Edder Caps are doing too. They're like the strongest yeah. boys in the forest. Yeah. Or it could be um, just going a little bit further in ancient history. It could be like a Rome v. Carthage situation where uh like rome was like we we just can't have carthage going anymore so after we destroyed the city we're also going to salt the earth um so that nothing can grow there um and so that's why parts of north africa that's uh w- w- would be fairly green if it weren't for the salt content in the in the in the so- sand now but it was soil before is still like that because of rome being like you know what <laughs> fuck these yeah. guys forever we- We've justified this by uh, telling ourselves stories about how crazy their sacrifice-based religion is, unlike ours. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna destroy any evidence that they existed. But that obviously that didn't work because I know the story, and I've never <laughs> been there. Yeah, so it worked out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you can you can. There's all sorts of moral relativism you can do whenever there's like this environmental destruction thing. You can because it's a human problem. Yeah, clearly. So, (laughs) i've noticed uh, yeah see they don't have to be evil to do this but it is um you can still make them inherently evil and then it's just kind of like a funnier more inexplicable hatred of forests yeah yeah and it could be like um I don't know. It, it could be uh, they 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 could have this relationship with the forests, where it's like um, like an un despoiled forest it seems like just like a like a like a waste to them sort of sort of like how there's there's you know the the types of people that look at oil fields and things uh, and and be like it would be 
ridiculous not to take all this stuff out of the earth like it's yeah. there for us to use so we got we got to take it think how many um, spiders we could we could ranch here totally so it's if it's like you only look at like what if the the edder caps they just they're really committed about like the the bottom line and it's like their spider <laughs> output right like they want their spider output to be in the black it's all about maximizing uh the, the you know the, the the spider spider growth yeah they're like they're more they're industrious they're all wearing like yeah. cowboy hats and <laughs> and they've had they like drive maybe big spider Cadillacs. They drive big spider Cadillacs, and like maybe a lot of them like make make money by like speculating on like spider hatches. And then there's this whole other world of like potential spider outputs that somehow makes more money than the actual spider output. Like you, <laughs> you can take the whole Edercap Forest situation and just do like a very very uh, overly on the nose critique of you know finance capitalism. Was, was yeah. what I was just don't even get started on crypto. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> magic. You could have magic yeah. currencies that only exist in magic. <laughs> well, it's just it's a it's an address um in the etherverse that you own, but you don't actually <laughs> own the illusion. You just own yeah. this printout. Uh, yeah. you, you own yeah, you own the directory towards the magic words that make this illusion happen in the library. <laughs> Contained in a bag of holding in an astral uh, pocket dimension. Yeah, yeah, but we you can license those spells out to make little cartoons, <laughs> and that'll be we'll base the whole economy on cartoon spiders. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future, Chris. <laughs> I know it's the um, present. It's the present. Yeah. creatures in the book it tells you that they are they have an, an intelligence of seven and a wisdom of yeah. 12 so that kind of tells you that they're like they're kind of not they're not the brightest but they're good at what they do yeah right? totally um and they have what is it i think like a if a bite and a claw i think and then they have a web they have a bite that poisons you for a yeah. minute or something and then they have a, a web that shoots it's all kind of very basic spider stuff yeah. and the optional garrote garrote so there's there's not a ton um of like special stuff in here but like mm -hmm. they seem like just a really kind of classic easy to understand forest ambush encounter and the traps thing yeah. it doesn't tell you like what kind of traps they use but it's you're free to use your imagination and yeah create them and i, I like the idea of that they funnel creatures through their forests to go where they want them to go. 
in um in the book the monsters know what they're doing by keith mm-hmm. ammon um it suggests that uh the edder caps would stalk an adventuring party through the forest and then try to encircle their camp in webs at night oh that's cool yeah to yeah and would almost always try to attack from hiding and um but like once it looks like they were losing the fight they would try to gather their spiders and get out of there so that they would like an adder cap encounter would be very (laughs) much like they ambush you and they or they they pull some kind of trick to like get you into a trap and you fight them for a little bit and if it looks like they're losing they get out of there but like you you can't just like let them go so it turns from like you get ambushed to you're pursuing this edder cap and a flock of spiders and that's that's how like an edder cap encounter would go okay because you let them go they're just going to trap you again right they wouldn't like yeah, you... stand and fight to the death like a like some kind of spider samurai you know because they're, they're, yeah. they're survival they're, they're they're like creatures of survival you know yeah unless you want to make them like yeah honor spiders but you know honor spiders. yeah they're just trying to uh harry you yeah and see what they can get away with or something. I like the idea of the editor cap um, retrieving their spiders. Like they have like a bunch of jars, like Mason jars. And then they're like running around trying to like shovel or like pick spiders and like put them in their little jar. And they're like, come on, yeah. get out of here. Oh <laughs> uh, what was it? There's some, there's also, there's some famous film. I think it might be temple of doom. There's like the room full of bugs. There's like insects, uh, like like tarantulas and scorpions and stuff, and oh yeah, they just like let them loose and they had no plan on how to retrieve them, <laughs> and a bunch, like, <laughs> so a bunch like 500 spiders or something just like got lost in like a studio. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, like in the making of the film, they yeah. like all right, we got to get the shot. Oh no! If, yeah, they just done? they filled the like the the soundstage with spiders and then you know like retrieved a bunch of them but like so many got away that the the studio was full of spiders for years i think it was temple of doom that's amazing i'll look that up after (laughs) we record but yeah i was even thinking like in universe like in in uh in well in also indiana jones in um uh the first one there's that snake pit right yeah like a like a pit full of snakes and i've often thought to myself like how do you like if that was a real thing, like I know mm-hmm. snakes gather to like breed in huge numbers like that sometimes. So you just like, mm-hmm. okay, well this time of year it's a cool trap, but the rest of the time it's a regular, it's a regular trap. But like, what would it do? Would do do like have underlings go out and like find snakes and bring them and just throw them into the snake pit? Is there like a breeding program? Like, yeah, just that kind of weird trap. I I just you do you have to go in there and it. like change their their hay i don't know what it takes yeah. to raise like, snakes does somebody but... walk into a temp agency and like hey we got a job for you and then you, you yeah. gotta go tend to the spot the snakes for a bit what if for some reason the party needs a bunch of spiders for something oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. The, the king wants to execute a prisoner and he needs a bit of spiders that he doesn't yeah. have <laughs> but like where do you get like the, the king's got the same problem we were just thinking about like what are the logistics of having like a pit of like a weird creature that people are afraid of it's like yeah. alright you need to get me 100,000 spiders or he's just like in a, in a in a fit of passion of rage he just like sentences somebody to death by pit of spiders Oh, and everyone and else like, walks away. Out how and to they're do like, that. How, how are we going to do this? 
and then shit rolls downhill and it ends up on the player character's plate to go out and like gather as many poisonous uh, venomous spiders as possible yeah and like either going on the spider trail leads them to an editor cap or like they're just trying to figure out like how do we do as little of this work as possible yeah, <laughs> yeah. what if we just make the pit that the king wants the spiders to be in what if we just try to like funnel the spot like shepherd the sh- spider shepherd into the place and then they'll bring the spiders with them yeah yeah we just hire a third party to do it or what if we just get a bunch of like normal non-venomous spiders from like the dungeon or wherever and then poison the guy so that the king thinks he dies from venomous spider bites that's yeah that seems like the less work but also more complicated and full of hijinks so after the king's plan of executing this guy by spiders um there would be the problem of like oh we had no plan with what to do with all the spiders we brought into the castle (laughs) (laughs) we didn't think this far ahead and then it becomes an edercap like stronghold let's see yeah something else they wrote down you could even do this in a in a large enough city you could have like a whole neighborhood that's just like given over to edercaps yeah yeah and actually there are um uh rules i can go grab the book but there's rules in tasha's cauldron of everything for like a an adventure zone where like everything is just spider webs every, everywhere so there's also like some of the some of the some of the groundwork has been done for you if you want <laughs> been just like totally sp- sp- spider-fied yeah well it's a common enough environment in adventures to like that's good there should be some rules examples yeah help you flesh out the environment and if you got to ooh, uh, I don't know how to how to like do this in a like make this happen. It just this is just a situation that could arise in a game. But a druid with wild shape uh, uh, could because they can turn into giant spiders could totally infiltrate an edercap uh, herd to <laughs> yeah. to some end. I'm not sure what end, but I that that's that's a fun well, situation. Uh, hey, that's that's not a bad segue into the. The previous editions section. Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll connect to that in one second. We'll start from the bottom and, and work our way up there. So the the editor cap originally was the invention of I couldn't find the actual name, but there's it was an invention of a British fan of the early game uh, who sent it in as part of a uh, White Dwarf magazine call for monsters. Oh damn. Yeah, so it was uh, originally a solicitation and then it ended up um, being printed in the magazine and then it ended up being printed in the Fiend Folio from uh, AD&D. And in it, the Edercap is like a brutish mammalian, like hairy dude, also with kind of a pot belly, but not like the one in 5th edition, described as a biped, roughly man-sized, very long arms, protruding pot belly. Uh, short legs and hairy skin, clawed hands, two poison fangs coming out of one each side of its mouth. Has kind of like a trollish face. I know troll is also a uh, fictional creature with endless variations, but that just feels right to me. Um, they're they're cruel, cunning, and treacherous. They have silk glands located near the anus, 
they secrete a thin, very tough silvery cord, uh, which they use to make assorted weapons and devices, lariats, nets, garrotes, garot, trip wires, and then they have preferred weapons, and uh, they get along well with all form of spiders. So there's they're they're not really like shepherds, they're just kind of like trap laying. Um, their only relation to spiders seems to be that they shoot um, silk out of their their butt, which is uh, I kind of like the idea of that because it kind of suggests like a uh, what happens with a lot of monsters is the sort of flanderization of it. So it's like it's like a spider, and then they get more and more spidery until yeah. it's basically indistinguishable from a spider but this is like it's a mammal sort of like a co-evolution or like parallel evolution yeah also the image doesn't have any prominent like rear end so it just has like it looks kind of like a um, almost a where the wild things are type of beastie that just yeah. also shoots <laughs> webs out of Ready. its anus <laughs> ready to rumpus <laughs> yeah um, the actual word Ettercap, um, guess what? So instead of a Tolkien corner, it's going to be like a lot of Tolkien. And with dear Emily's help, we've we've dug into this because the, the kind of concept of the modern Ettercap, as well as the actual name, definitely comes from the good old Tolkien files. So in The Hobbit, when Bilbo and the dwarves enter Mirkwood on their way to the Misty Mountain, no, the Lonely Mountain. Oh, God. I can't remember if that's the same mountain or which is which. I'm pretty sure it's the Lonely Mountain. Um, I'm, I'm the I worst. I think the Misty Mountains are a mountain range. And You're right. Beyond yeah, the Misty, Misty Mountains, Mountains is the Lonely yes. Mountain. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to cut all that out so nobody can <laughs> find out I'm a fraud. Uh, <laughs> but they're in Markwood, and Bilbo is, uh, I believe at this point, he's wearing the ring and he's invisible. While he's watching the spiders, the giant spiders of Mirkwood have ensnared and are getting ready to eat the dwarves. But Bildo recites a poem to distract them, and it goes, Old fat spider spinning in a tree, old fat spider can't see me. Attercop, Attercop, won't you stop? Stop your spinning and look for me. Old Tom Naughty, all big body, old Tom Naughty can't spy me. Attercop, Attercop, down you drop, you'll never catch me up your tree. Lazy lob and crazy cob are weaving webs to wind me. I am far more sweet than other meat, but still they cannot find me. Here am I, naughty little fly. You are fat and lazy. You cannot trap me, though you try, and your cobwebs crazy. And the, the spiders are like, what? We will trap you when our cobwebs crazy. And they, they lose the plot, and then uh, Bilbo saves the day. So the adder, the addercop in that is a kind of invented compound word of the two Danish words etter, meaning poison, and cob meaning spider. So he kind of he took the two Danish words and like changed them ever so slightly. And spider in Old English is derived from uh, the German spinne, which means uh, web spinner. Uh, that that spider in German. So you get um, spinner, our words for spinning and, and spinner, web spinner. That's uh, from, from spinne, spider in German. And uh, cobwebs, which is funny because I've always associated cobwebs to be like kind of those big floaty webs that don't necessarily have spiders 
actively trapping yeah in them i was like a naturally occurring dryer sheets in the corner of basements you know (laughs) yeah exactly those ones yeah um but that just translates to spider web cobweb oh because cob just means spider and then from edder we also have adder the the snake right yeah so it's like Spinny poison guy, spinny poison guy. Yeah, spinny Come poison guy, spinny poison guy. Can't see me. You suck. Yeah. And then the uh, the spiders themselves uh, in Morkwood kind of act like the the fifth edition Edder Cap, where they're like yeah. the spiders. They hate the sun. They want to eat everything. And like Morkwood is being taken over by by evil creatures more and more as the years go by to like an elven kingdom there too so there's there's yeah know, sort of like elven feyishness meeting up against the dark spideriness yeah totally um so like there there's your like your true seed of the whole idea is just is yeah. right in there and then you get the um like i said the flanderization of it all where they become instead of these like weird brutish mammalian things that shoot silk out of their anus they become actually more spidery uh in in third edition they they the art changes so they're actually more arachnid um they become able to speak common they become masters to spider servants and they they actually talk with spiders and in 3.5 they they introduce this backstory to them because that's how it goes you we can't like leave any un any stone unturned um <laughs> so they were once unambiguously evil druids sort of like eco-terrorist druids who became edder caps when a fiendish spider of some sort um and by fiendish we're talking it's a capital f um like devil spider or demon spider took an interest in them and the final taboos were broken, whatever that means, and they became spider kin. So they actually became spider-ish and, uh, because they were twisted by this outsider. And then for whatever reason, the fiend either went away or was defeated or got bored or something. And the Edercaps continue on the material plane as a monstrous race who have forgotten their origins as human beings. They're way more horrific looking. They kind of look like, um, like a dark horror thing or like a resident evil monster they have like open wounds and features that like erupt into like start off as human then like kind of turn into a spider at the end of its limb or something um and there you have a sort of within the like never mind the tolkien you have it within the game seed of like why they hate forests or why they hate the natural world because they've been they're they're natural their original frustrations or whatever made them kind of stray from whatever other druids do was twisted by forces of pure evil. Um, and then you have the habit so that they're sort of irredeemably evil and inherently evil. And now they're like just true antagonists that you can like fight. Yeah. And then fourth edition, they like everything else um, become more battle hardened. And there's like oh, most of the writing about them involves like how they fight and like how like an like a fighting encounter would would go down with them. And like one of the photos, it's like they they get uh, more limbs. So they have like six limbs now. And he's holding like a big spear and he's covered in like chitinous armor. 
And then in fifth edition, they dialed it all back and they kind of combined the spiderishness with the original AD&D stuff. So they don't speak anymore, but they've gone back to being like brutish, pot-bellied, spidery people. But they're still uh, inherently evil. They're neutral evil. So kind of like with how they uh, reconsidered a lot of things for fifth edition, they reconsidered how like just fighting oriented the whole concept was and they dialed it back but they still kept the spiderishness which is good because i think uh if you kept along this track you'd have to consider i did a little bit of research into like arachnophobia which i'll get into in a second but like uh well we'll get into it now because the um i got this from the university of melbourne um they have like a blog where they were doing research on this, uh, up to 75% of people report feeling uneasy around spiders, and then 5% suffer from a severe fear of spiders, which you can call arachnophobia. And the biggest issues that people with arachnophobia reported, there were two things that they didn't like about spiders. One, legginess. Too much legginess. The legginess made them afraid. And the second thing was sudden movement. They can't predict where the spider's going to go or jump, and that makes them freak out. So if you took, if you wanted to make a new iteration of Edercap and make them like the scariest, like the most spider that a spider can be, it would just be like legs, like teleporting ball of legs is like the height of arachnophobia. There's like a, a, a big paper that this blog post links to that I tried to read for our purposes, but I couldn't really find anything appropriate. But the idea is that our brains can't predict where their quick erratic movements are going to go. And that's what like sets off some people because fear of spiders may have evolved to help early humans survive. Of course, getting bitten by venomous spiders along with all the other normal animal fears we've talked about, like um, snakes and big birds, uh, poison dart frogs at least have bright colors to ward off predators, but spiders often look like just harmless. Like you can't tell most deadly spiders from the harmless spiders. So we have a sort of born survival instinct to avoid all spiders. And this, uh, they, they observed um, fear of spiders being passed on into through to uh, infants in crickets. They're doing experiments where they had crickets living in a terrarium with um, a spider and the spider's fangs were like corked or something so that it was like a big tarantula or something. So they couldn't actually kill the crickets, but they would still try to attack them and the crickets would get away. And then the the, the baby crickets would more and more um, from the hop just avoid the spiders without having to be attacked first. Um, there might be more to it, but that's my understanding of it. And also in the Middle Ages, spiders were associated with carrying diseases in uh, European cultures. So there are a lot of reasons that spiders turn up in this way. But there's also um, like spiders in, in most media and the way we understand them are usually feared and villainous. But uh, I do want to point out that a lot of there's like the trickster spider god that we talked a little bit about in previous episodes, maybe the drow episode or something. Um, in some African cultures, who's like a, a devil may care type of character. And you can see that happen in um, uh, American Gods. Uh, Nancy features prominently, and that's one of the most accessible to North American 
audience's version of a spider god from Africa. But spiders also turn up in uh, Native American stories. And theirs is a more benevolent and helpful spider. Their spiders don't tend to lurk in forests. They tend to live in holes in like uh, the plains and, and desert. Yeah. And then their, their god spider, who's um, Spider Mother, I think she's called. Uh, she teaches cloth spinning and she helps people win races. <laughs> so like oh, helps yeah. their like their leg strength or whatever in uh in in some stories so there's a ton of stories so i didn't really like and there's a lot to them so i couldn't absorb them mm. thoroughly but that's the uh that's the gist of that of that take on them very yeah. different from the editor cap i don't know how you can like combine those things but yeah oh and then um in this paper in this blog post from melbourne university uh, it's the list exposure therapy as a successful tool to help people with phobias, gradually introducing the triggering, triggering stimulus in this case, spiders and even using virtual reality or computer games can help people get over spider fear. Um, so this, you could use this as fodder for your game by making editor caps created by a wizard to help them get over a fear of spiders <laughs> which is why an editor cap looks like like a big chubby uncle who's over for a barbecue or something he's just like a yeah. well-meaning yeah cigar you're with my spiders throw me a butt heavy <laughs> would you <laughs> yeah like a wizard invented the friendliest spider that you could think of mm-hmm. yeah the worst thing they do is just kind of micromanage your 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 grilling yeah <laughs> Or even like a well-meaning uh, but misguided wizard like creates a bunch of editor yeah. caps and sends them to lurk in human villages to condition people to get over their natural fear of spiders. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So they're like, they, they have to be kind of weird and secret, like spidery. So they're going to like, kind of like live in darkness and have webs and stuff, but they're also going to be like oddly like friendly and like looking around so the, a corner to see if anyone's going to like come talk to them. Yeah. The idea behind like the design of the editor cap is like, well, let, we just got to make a spider look more approachable and friendly. So it's going to make belly and just, yeah. just four limbs and like, it's got to still be spidery. So give them the spider face. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's like one enough. of those things where like every individual decision, like it makes sense in isolation, but you end up with this, <laughs> like, it's just terrifying. Like basically like a brundle fly creature looking yeah. thing. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Brundle spider. about like my relationship with spiders in real life and usually mm-hmm. what i like to do is leave them be 
Yeah. Um, Because, like, more than anything else, they are helping me out. The stuff that they catch and eat are, like, usually things that I want in my house a lot less than spiders. And so... Yeah. I sort of see them as my friends. They're helping me. Sometimes I will relocate them to like maybe on a plant or or some somewhere where they're not. But like that's usually just so that like my cat's not going to eat them or I don't actually squish them or like they. I just don't want them like on a thing that I use. But like I kind of like having spiders in my house. But that's 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 a hard sell to certain people. Yeah, we Sometimes. you and I are also a little more we're higher on the goth scale than some people we know. So the spiders. That's true. Yeah. And certainly, um, uh, living in where we do in Peterborough, we're a little closer to the rural realness of the world. So a few bugs yeah. in the house isn't a big deal. It's not that big of a deal. Although I do, I have a vendetta against box elders, but I, I feel those are, the, those yeah, are different. We're all, we're all allowed yeah. uh, one or two irrational uh, hatreds. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of respect for house centipedes, but I, I, I don't, they gotta particularly go. no, they gotta go. when they scuttle around. I like, no, I like too many that they take care of their babies. I like that they kill other things. That's cool. But they're disembodied mustaches and that's, that's yeah. not okay. Too many legs. That's what I'm talking about with the, uh, yeah. the arachnophobia thing. Like the yeah. height of fear of a insect is, is just nothing but legs. Yeah. And can move wherever it wants at any time. That's true. Cause I was thinking about like, why am I so okay with millipedes? But like yeah. centipedes are fatter a body, shorter legs. They're rounder. They got little short legs. They got way more legs. But like it's it's kind of more just like this little wave. They're just like more like a fuzz. On. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little fuzz. Like that giant. Helps. You can't see their knees. Is the thing. That's like true. A centipede, yeah. you can see their knees, and that's not. Oh good. yeah, that's so many knees. That's yeah. way more knees than a spider. Yeah. And speaking of brundle spider, uh, so trying to get into. We'll talk about um, Shelob and Ungoliant in a second from Lord of the Rings. But first, um, looking up spiders in media is uh, not easy because Spider-Man um, takes up a lot of bandwidth in this particular yeah. niche and is, is almost nothing to do with the editor cap as presented in, in the book. But then you can try to do it, use it as we sometimes do to like merge with the idea. So like, what if Edercaps as a race were all like plucky teens with <laughs> with uh, growing hormonal powers, trying to solve crimes while maintaining a disguise? Yeah, I love that. I I also love trying to figure out like how could that be every single one of them? <laughs> <laughs> like like is it just like all, they they like it's a rite of passage to like everyone from that race of plucky teens that their uncle is yeah. is is tragically killed by a guy. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's almost you could use um, into the Spider Verse as a template where like each editor cap is like a different sort of um, genre. Of oh Spider-Man. yeah. <laughs> oh that's yeah. That's great. I also love the idea that, like, if given like an infinite multiverse, one of the like actual like Peter Parker Spider Men would would be a netter cap, would just be the Spider Shepherd in a fantasy world who looks like <laughs> a barbecue dad. Yeah, like a fantasy. There's like a there's like a fantasy Batman who's like a, a literal a literal Dark Knight. You could like have a fantasy yeah. Spider Man who's like living in the forest. Yeah, I just like how there's medieval Spawn. You know, there's the Spawn for every setting. Mm-hmm. 
you could even, or you could, uh, you could dial down the like editor cap race thing and make it an individual. And you have more of like a werewolf situation where like, yeah, a boy is turning into an editor cap or like an editor cap is like, is like catching criminals is being like a, what do you call it? What do you call it when a person vigilante, a vigilante? Yeah. 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 But it's actually like a boy who's turning into a giant pot bellied uh <laughs> like spider oh. creature <laughs> just like the 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 totally like body horror version of the spider-man story but yeah yeah mm. and like even that like even just if you had that uh, that would still be like oh no we got a town cryptid we gotta call in this settings version of a witcher to deal with this you know yeah and then you get there it's like oh i'm just lucky teen i'm gonna make a pun see you later oh you know and <laughs> And there's a guy uh, who demands charcoal etchings of the Spider-Man on his desk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spider-Man is such a weird... Uh, his popularity of Spider-Man, I know it's because the character was good, but like as far as power yeah. set and like emblem, it's like that. Like if 75% of people have at least some aversion to spiders and 5% have like a very real phobia... It's yeah. very strange that like one of the most popular as of this recording, uh, like breaking box office records, the newest Spider-Man movie. Yeah. It's like, we don't care about the spider at all. It just allows for like fun times in terms of yeah, like, action. It's weird, it's, I feel like with Spider-Man as a character, his like his, Peter Parker and his abilities, like it's sort of, it's easy to, even though like it's in his name and it's on his outfit and like it's it's baked in all of his powers it's kind of easy to forget that spiders have anything to do with him yeah he's sort of he's repurposed he's rebranded the entire spider uh like repertoire into something totally different and then they they still revisit it sometimes there's there's a whole storyline where he becomes into turns into like a beast spider he's like turning into an actual spider yeah and like endless I variations. That from the 90s animated show. Absolutely. That's yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Exactly. Where he was a spider with a human head <laughs> briefly. <laughs> I think it, I, I, I think there was an episode where it was just it was a two-parter episode where it was just a really long fever dream that Peter Parker was having as a result of something one of the villains did, I think, where it was just him hallucinating in horrific ways and calling into question everything. But maybe I, I don't know if that's actually what happened, but I, I vividly remember that being a strangely upsetting thing watching it as a, as a kid in the 90s. Yeah, they got into some heady, heady territory. Yeah. Um, the, that animated series and the X-Men animated series got into like, yeah, the, the concentration camp and time travel later seasons were just like out of yeah. this world. Um, back to spiders, spider people of media. Um, we have to talk about she a little bit, uh, cause yeah. I know we talked about, um, Lolf in the drow episode, but we didn't really dig into, Shelob and Angolian too much, but like lately, Emily and I have been listening to the Lord of the Rings um, audiobook, and uh, it's been really good. And um, Emily has been very helpful in letting me ask questions, and then we'll go down rabbit holes where she'll like peruse her Tolkien library and pull um, certain entries for me to look at and read. Um, so I'm I'm, a, I'm better equipped now 
uh, just to say some things. Also, uh, unrelated to any of this, uh, you remember we were talking about um, Tiamat and her, uh, how she lives in in hell. She lives on like a, a, a circle of hell. Uh, which just seems odd because she doesn't rule it. She just kind of like occupies space there. But there's precedent in Lord of the Rings with Shelob, who is the the greatest uh, daughter of Ungoliant, who's who's like a force of nature god, basically of of evil. Um, and Shelob is like basically a monstrous demon herself. But she lives in Sauron's uh, territory, and Sauron doesn't try to yeah. move her or like do anything with her. And he loses orcs to her appetite sometimes, but she's like a, a better guard uh, of of those mountains. I think she's in uh, Minas Morgoth or Minas uh, Morgul. I think is the area she's in. Yeah. Um. So there's the precedent is there where like the people of hell are like, we'll just let Tiamat hang out here and she'll do a better job, like keeping order than, than anything. Uh, anyways, yeah. but back to and Sheila. Kind of, yeah. 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 <laughs> what were you going to yeah. say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I was like with, with Tiamat that also mirrors Bahamut in the, whatever circle of the heavens that he is in. Whereas, like he's he's not he's not really a god. He's kind of a demigod who's just the greatest possible dragon. He's the platinum dragon, right? Yeah, and and sort of like a lesser god, I guess. But there's greater gods that live around there. But like you're not going to say no to the most powerful dragon if he's like, can I just can I fly around here? Yeah, you don't have and to like, do anything. You have to like you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to do anything at all. It just kind of. Uh, yeah. takes care of themselves like if there's a dragon who overall kind of agrees with you or like their aims align with yours indirectly or not like you're not gonna you, you should decorate around the dragon really. yeah <laughs> you want to keep yeah. the dragon decorate around the dragon yeah it's so, a feature not same a with the, the yeah the uh um uh, you know elemental god of evil uh like spider hercules daughter <laughs> that is shelob you just you you know like build your situate your 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 dark kingdom and stronghold yeah. around the fact use what you got a spider in the border mountains yeah use what you got i'm going to read a, a section from the two towers that describes shelob and it, it's connected to edder caps in how you can use them to be uh like elementally or not elementally uh uh inherently evil you can use you can make it so that they're all like the Merkwood spiders and descended from this. There age long she had dwelt, an evil thing in spider form, even such as once of old had lived in the land of the elves in the west that is now under the sea, such as Baron fought in the mountains of terror in Doriath, and so came to Luthien upon the green sward amid the hemlocks in the moonlight long ago. How Shelob came there, flying from ruin, no tale tells. For out of the dark years, few tales have come. But still she was there, who was there before Sauron, and before the first stone of Barad-dûr. And she had served none but herself, drinking the blood of elves and men, bloated and grown fat with endless brooding on her feasts, weaving webs of shadow. For all living things were her food, and her vomit, darkness. 
far and wide her lesser broods, bastards of the miserable mates, her own offspring, that she slew, spread from glen to glen, from the Ethelduath to the eastern hills, to Dol Guldar and the fastness of Mirkwood. But none could rival her, Shelob the Great, last child of Ungoliant to trouble the unhappy world. Already years before Gollum had beheld her, Smeagol, who pried into all dark holes, and in past days he had bowed and worshipped her, and the darkness of her evil will walked through all the ways of his weariness beside him, cutting him off from light and from regret. And he had promised to bring her food. But her lust was not his lust. Little she knew of or cared for towers or rings or anything devised by mind or hand, who only desired death for all others, mind and body, and for herself a glut of life, alone, swollen till the mountains could no longer hold her up and the darkness could not contain her. But that desire was yet far away, and long now had she been hungry, lurking in her den, while the power of Sauron grew, and light and living things forsook his borders, and the city in the valley was dead, and no elf or man came near, only the unhappy orcs. Poor food and wary, but she must eat, and however busily they delve new winding passages from the pass and from their tower, ever she found some way to snare them. But she lusted for sweeter meat, and Gollum had brought it to her. Real sir, real sir, he said often to himself when the evil mood was on him as he walked the dangerous road from Emin Muil to the Morgo Vale. Real sir, it may well be, oh yes, it may well be that when she throws away the bones and the empty garments, we shall find it. We shall see, we shall get it, the precious, a reward for poor Smeagle, who brings nice food. And we'll save the precious, as we promised, oh yes. And when we've got it safe, then she'll know. Oh yes, then he will pay her back, my precious, then we'll pay back everyone. So he thought in an inner chamber of his cunning, which he still hoped to hide from her even when he had come to see her again and had bowed low before her while his companion slept. And as for Sauron, he knew where she lurked. It pleased him that she should dwell there hungry but unabated in malice, a more sure watch upon that ancient path into his land than any other that his skill could have devised. And orcs, they were useful slaves, but he had them in plenty. If now and again Shelob caught them to sate her appetite, she was welcome. He could spare them. And sometimes, as a man may cast a dainty to his cat, his cat, he calls her, but she owns him not, Sauron would send her prisoners that he had no better use for. He would have them driven to her hole and report brought back to him of the play she made. So they both lived, delighting in their own devices, and feared no assault, nor wrath, nor any end of their wickedness. Never yet had any fly escaped from Shelob's webs, and the greater now was her rage and hunger. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's your prototype of the evil spider uh, boss, who's a lesser evil of the greater evil, although she's not related. She's a totally different um, descendant of evil than, than Sauron. Yeah, it's like a convergent evolution of evil. <laughs> Yeah. Is Ungoliant uh, yeah, yeah, separate whatever. Yeah, totally because there um there's a whole history of Sauron. It's all it's all Sauron origins are all about um 
making things and constructing things and planning and and uh industry whereas shelob comes from this more primordial uh eating focused evil yeah <laughs> i and i love the, the 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 bit about like uh all living things were her food and darkness was her vomit i forget how yeah. it was worded exactly but that's pretty much and that's that's kind of a that's like literally what Ungoliant does. So I'll read. Um, yeah. This is from the Complete Tolkien Companion. This is a little more succinct. Emily read me the actual uh, story of this from the Silmarillion, but basically, uh, not Morgoth, Melkor. So Melkor eventually becomes Morgoth, who is the master of Sauron originally, but uh, before he's he's like thrown out of the the living place of the gods melkor convinces ungoliant who's like this um primordial evil goddess herself who is like a spider again shelob is also called um like spider like but never actually described as a spider which is interesting because it makes it lets you use your imagination to like think of something mm-hmm. even worse <laughs> Just a centipede duct tape yeah. to the top of a, a spider. Yep. <laughs> I'll read this. It'll do a better job than I can probably. Ungoliant, the first and greatest of the spider race. A foul and dangerous monster, hideous to look upon. A worker of much evil and the begetter of many evil offspring. She was an origin and entity of the outer darkness, called into being at the beginning of Arda, and thus the first of the great demons to invade the world, which she afterwards polluted. After the fall of Atumno, she dwelt in Avathar, in the far freezing south of Amun, where the Valar did not go. And she hungered after light, devouring it as a lesser spider's devour insect prey. Here Melkor came to her, for he had fled but lately from Valinor, unmasked for the last time as irredeemably evil. And already he had a design for the discomfiture and grief of those he had made his enemies, the destruction of the trees. So these two trees um, that the Valar have, that um, or the Valinor have, the Valor. I think they're called the Valor. They live in Valinor. Sorry, I'm new to the deeper Tolkien lore. <laughs> if you haven't figured that out yet, um, these two trees, one is gold, one is silver, and they are like the symbolic and sort of literal light of the world. So like, pretty much all good things come from these two trees. And Melkor, who was from the Valon, who was a Valor, uh, is actually evil. And he wants this great demon who's living in this like wasteland that the gods don't really pay attention to or care about. Ungoliant, lured by his promise of a great and glorious assuaging of her hunger, because all she is is like this ravenous hunger that never stops. And Melkor promises to assuage his hunger. And he describes it as he says something about like I will, I will give onto you everything with two, two hands, which is like a cool poetic device that they they talk about later. Uh, so Angoliant is lured by his promise and joined him in his wicked action, and the trees were poisoned by her venom and died. So she attacks the trees; she swallows up the light of the trees 
and they are filled with her poison and they die and she's like belching blackness and darkness everywhere together with Melkor she fled to Middle Earth now swollen to huge size by her feasting yet still with hunger undiminished because she's just like uh, full of hunger and Melkor was by then in fear of her because she had grown so powerful and huge in size withheld he withheld the last and to him most precious item of booty from the sack of Formanos, which is where the trees lived, uh, which was one of the Silmarils. So Melkor got one of the Silmarils from uh, her attacking and destroying these trees, and he wouldn't give it to her, and that's why she says something about, you only giveth me with one hand, not two. And Mm. they have a fight. Uh, He barely escapes her fury, um, because he calls all of the Balrogs to his his service. And Ungoliant herself was put in great fear and flees south, where she made her dreadful nest thereafter in the dark glens and ravines of the mountains, which were the southern wall of the of uh, Dorth Onion in the north of Belrand, afterwards called Arid Golgoroth, the Mountains of Terror, which is not Golgoroth in Lord of the Rings, different place, uh... The mountains of terror. Here she mated with lesser beasts of Middle Earth. Her offspring were evil like herself, though of less stature. One of these is Shelob the Great, and her fate has not been recorded. And unless in the end she starved to death in some desert place or was finally destroyed by a greater agency, she lives still in some hideous and forgotten cavern under the world. Cool spider stuff. Yeah, and Emily described it as uh, Melkor takes her on a date and then refuses to pay. <laughs> That's so great. I also like that yeah. if there was like going to be a relationship between what is, and I'm like making some sweeping generalizations here, but like sort of a god of domination and like a god of entropy. If those two were like, okay, well, let's see if we can work together. It's like, well, hang on. <laughs> Uh, and the, yeah, the, totally. Like, you could see how that could only go so far. Yeah, yeah. And then we're playing with um, law versus chaos, like not not so strictly codified in Tolkien, but is there. Yeah, and the idea of there being this like ravenous demon, and then this like scheming manipulator who, although he's it's not true law because he goes back on his word, but he still backs it up with like he had a contingency plan. He had all these like minions who could fight yeah. her off. Uh, also in Lord of the Rings, I just read this um, this article by one of our listeners jeff lasala who uh he has blog posts up on tour.com sometimes um and recently he had an article about orcs specifically and one of the the takeaways from it is that it's never explicitly said like a lot of things in tolkien but it's like backed up by a lot of the evidence that um evil creatures um including orcs and you could even include the the spiders in Mirkwood, um, they're all subconsciously responding to Sauron's presence and will, even if they don't know it. Right. So that's something you could use for Edercap in your game is like, it could, they could be part of a greater um, evil coming. If you wanted to have like a bigger campaign about it all, if you don't want them to just be, I think like, I kind of like episodic games, especially since I've run a bunch of like, bigger story-driven 
event things, but like I'm kind of enamored lately with the idea of just kind of shorter episodic stuff. Um, but yeah. that still is a cool idea. Like there's a whole, the article is neat because there's a whole timeline of like, here are all the examples of orcs um, getting up to shit. And it correlates with uh, Sauron's disappearance from the earth or from middle earth um, where the, the, the orcs are like retreating to the mountains. They don't really get up to much. You don't hear from them too much. And then Sauron starts coalescing and then you get these little spikes of orc activity until it's full fledged. Like the orcs have multiplied into like the, the hundreds of thousands possibly. Um, right. In so secret, it's like there's, there's like a, yeah. So it's like, there's this field, like in physics, there are like fields. There's this field of like Sauron's intense and yeah. uh it's like like the orcs have like they can they can they can respond they can like are 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 like moved around by it whereas like other things aren't really interacting with the field their minds are like interacting with the evil fields that is having waves in it you know yeah they're picking up the wi-fi that you aren't yeah totally yeah and the the the, the one of the interesting things about it is that the the orcs when you the the brief um passages where you actually get to like hear and what they're saying and talking about to each other they don't like sauron they don't like they don't like being bossed around necessarily they don't like these like they'll take part in these giant wars but they're like um in the two towers there's there's a bit where like the orcs before they talk about like what's going on around them they're like hey do you want if the war goes well do you want to like run off and start our own you and me buddy you we can start our own little like orc raiding uh enterprise like somewhere else <laughs> they dream of like <laughs> they dream of the days where they didn't have like jobs to do or like bosses yeah so even though but they're still like their their numbers are informed by sauron's like presence so like they're they're responding to him but they don't even it's not like a loyalty thing well that's there's um in the um uh uh there's a like a ser- like an actual play youtube series uh that uh i guess is something to do with college humor dimension 20 it's it's a uh, uh brendan lee mulligan is a very good uh game master and he he is running this one and i just remember a part in that where there's there's sort of satirizing lord of the rings by having the player characters are doing an evil party and they're all minions of like what is sort of like a uh like very obviously sauron but they've just changed the names of everything so that it's it's you know uh, right it's 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 fine but there's a bit where there's two trolls talking to each other about like what they're going to do after they win and take over the world and like the big thing is like well i'd quite like to see a real tree sometime (laughs) maybe a real flower and like there's there's like this troll actually like loves like good nature things and just yeah. really wants to see like the pretty normal world, but all they've ever seen is like the Mordor equivalent. And so it's just because they don't know anything else that but they're just like, well, I guess I gotta, gotta do this job, but like maybe I'll be able to retire in the future and then I can just live like a hobbit does basically is what they yeah. really want. But they're, yeah. they're, they're stuck with their own like evil nature and inclination yeah. to follow evil yeah. games. You know, they're like conflicted within themselves who knows what the what the editor cap actually want <laughs> i was reading so there's a popular story that the reason tolkien um seems to like hate spiders <laughs> is that <laughs> he was bitten by one uh as like he remembers there's like an i had a childhood episode where he was bitten by one and it was like yeah. a big scary thing but i and read he didn't that, even get powers <laughs> 
that we know of. He became an excellent author and scholar. Maybe that's what happened. But uh, (laughs) um, I read that the the main reason was that his kid, his son, Christopher, was afraid of them. So he used that, like, certainly for the spiders of Mirkwood, where they're like, because The Hobbit was written before a lot of the other myth was a lot of it, uh, the rest of the cosmos was sort of written. So it was kind of like the, yeah. the spiders of Mirkwood were originally just kind of like evil spiders doing their own thing. Yeah. And he was playing up like, and it's like more of a child story. So you could see it easily being just like picking stuff out of his own life. And like his kids are afraid of spiders. So we'll make like scary spiders. And look where we are now. <laughs> the multi-million dollar evil spider industry. Thanks him for that. Yeah. Um, the only other, uh, I was like, again, I couldn't really find like evil spider person stuff out there, like spider person stuff. There's a lot of like evil, a lot of spider characters. And I don't think there's any other spider characters in the monster manual. So I'm okay with like, I'm okay with kind of focusing on spider creatures. Yeah. Um, but I know once again, uh, Harry Potter has an intelligent spider who's kind of like a half bestial but also kind of reasonable spider mm-hmm. um who people honor but he also he, he he honors some people but he also tries to eat harry or tries to feed harry to his spider children or something i don't know much about him i'm sort of repulsed by harry potter stuff so i don't yeah i don't know why it is exactly but i i kind of tune out when i'm reading yeah. it i know it's a, a huge deal for some people but that's all i'm really prepared to dig into with him he seems like a complicated character which might be interesting to dig into but uh i just can't i know uh apparently he's he's a, a an arcano tarantula or something apparently there's like okay. a species of magic tarantula that lives in like southeast asia and like some of them are one of them at least was like brought to Hogwarts or something. So I like the idea of like magic spiders being brought to like an otherwise reasonable human institution for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which also, if there's like giant magic spiders, like in whatever, like the hidden world, because there's that weird thing with harry potter where it's it's just like there's uh this separation between like the 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 muggle world you know yeah. the, the non-magic world and like the, the wizard world is like so how are there like whole societies of giant monsters like on in other parts of the world like how like i don't know the implications of it it's it's it gets really wonky for me if i think about it yeah it's one of those it's really yeah it's one of those weird nooks of a popular franchise that like bears it kind of gets weird the more you think about it, like droids in Star Wars. Yeah, totally. It's like like Dolby, Dolby the the house elf or something. Yeah. From my understanding, he's like totally shit on. But like, are there like more house elves? And like, do they like? Is it part of growing up as a house elf that you just have to be like shunted off into like menial servitude? Or are there like militant house elf enclaves who like refuse to be tamed? That's I've had the same question because my 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 impression from like uh, uh, not having read all the books or seen all the movies um, is uh, is that uh, that like oh I guess that's just like house elves are just like 
the the slaves of this world and that's just like yeah. people kind of live with that sort of unquestions and uh which like paints like dobby's like um like meekness in like a weird light to me i don't know like there's there's a lot going on there i don't really i don't really know and i feel like <laughs> i want to hear the story of like the house elf uprising but uh, you know that's there's probably a different author that yeah it's probably, probably better yeah you're I probably think. like yeah not everything needs to serve all people all the time yeah we don't need that uh i mean what we're already getting uh mr hoggle sports um fantastic crimes or something what more do you want <laughs> the amazing crimes of dr fiddleflatch i don't know man i don't i don't mean to crap on people's things if that's what you like but that's that's uh that's what you get for listening to me i think that's the end i don't know i don't have much more to say yeah i don't i don't have much more other than um that there is uh the depiction of you know i'll send it to you right now the depiction of Edercaps in i think baldur's gate one is bizarre and and, and wonderful i meant to like an illustration up. uh well it's uh like the in-game sprite of like what they look uh, like in this okay. i'm gonna send it to you right now um okay I, well you send that to me and then yeah. i will post that on the monster manual mash facebook group which uh, I invite all listeners to join. And maybe that's a a good spot where we can post up um, various artwork and have further discussions on this very important spider topic. And with that, have a good day. Monsters away. Monsters away. Monsters away.